This is the Realm of Agape Christian Church. We're going to be in the book of 2 Samuel, starting at 11, verse 26. Go through to chapter 12, verse 14. And this is the aftermath of David and Bathsheba getting busy. My God. They were knocking sandals, I guess. I don't know what they were knocking, but that's what they were doing. Amen. <laughs> they were shacking up. They were fornicating. My God. Decided to do the wrong thing. Amen. Hallelujah. They decided to do what married people supposed to be doing. My God, my God. In the modern day, is boots. I guess they were sandals back then. I don't know. Thank you, Lord. But we're going to look at what happened when people make the wrong decisions right. and you make your bed hard. Yes. Right. My right. God. This is coming out of the sense of the Holy Ghost dealing with us having a sanctified uh, sense of smell and taste. God has a certain sense of smell and taste and he wants us to develop what he has. And he's going to point us towards having a better evangelism in our life. We need personal evangelism. If we're living right, you can't help but to share your difference to somebody out in the marketplace, out in the school, on your community, wherever you go. So this is all about having the right fellowship with each other, with God, and even with yourself. Me, myself, and I, y'all got to get along. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Because the Holy Ghost is supposed to be in there. Amen. So... God is going to show us some things. There's a message, but there's also a message in the message for you. It says here, when Uriah's wife heard that her husband was dead, her real husband, right? She mourned for him. Uh, if you don't remember the story, David had him put on the front lines where he would certainly get killed. Especially since the soldiers with him pulled back to let him be by himself for a minute. And uh, he couldn't, you know, withstand all of that. And they took him out. So David put a hit out on this guy. Why? Because he slept with the man's wife, got her pregnant. My God. And he wanted the man to come home and uh, take a little reprieve from the war. And they were trained not to do that. So instead of going with his wife, he camped out outside. He said, I can't do that. All my soldiers are out there fighting. I'm not going to you know, have a vacation with my wife. No way. He's, he had more honor than David. And David saw that the man didn't do what he expected for him to do. So he sent them on out with a note sealed with the king's signature and said, give this to the head commander. And uh, he went and did that. It was a hit out for Uriah. My God. Mm -hmm. So he took the man out. My, God. My Lord. So Uriah's wife heard that her husband was dead. She mourned for him. When the period of mourning was over, might have been about a month based on Jew, uh, Jewish tradition. Uh, David sent for her and brought her to the palace and she became one of his wives. Amen. When Uriah's wife heard that her husband was dead, she mourned for him. When the period of mourning was over, David sent for her and brought her to the palace and she became what? One of his wives. One of. You know, God really was against that. Male, female created he them. A man leaves his parents to cleave unto his wife or wives. Wife. 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 See, God already wife. defined what it should be. Wife. Just because David is doing it doesn't mean God is pleased with it. That's right. Amen. They weren't supposed to be polygamists. That's right. So then she gave birth to a son. But the Lord was displeased with what David had done. Now we are, we're at chapter 12. So the Lord sent Nathan the prophet to tell David this story. There were two men in a certain town. One was rich, one was poor. The rich man owned a great many sheep and cattle. The poor man owned nothing but one little lamb he had bought. He raised that little lamb and it grew up in grew up with his children. So they became, became, you know, affectionate with this animal. And I could see how that could happen. I'm thinking about my daughter right now. She has a little puppy named Pippin. And she's grown quite attached. After a year, I think it's been, she's grown quite attached to it. She was thinking about getting rid of him at one point. 
She said, well, no way, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that even. <laughs> so she's grown attached. This is the kind of animal that you're supposed to sacrifice. See, you become all enamored with it. And it's without spot or blemish, and then you sacrifice it. Isn't that like a type of Christ? Thank God. So the prophet is doing good, and the Holy Ghost is leading him with this story. So this man raised that little lamb, and it grew up with his children. It ate from the man's own plate, see that? And drank from his cup. He cuddled it in his arms like a baby daughter. You know who really is concerned about the care of livestock? King David. What was he? He used to be a shepherd. Amen? <laughs> Holy Ghost dealing with him. One day a guest arrived at the home of the rich man. But instead of killing an animal from his own flock or herd, he took the poor man's lamb and killed it and prepared it for his guest. David was furious. As surely as the Lord lives, he vowed. Look at him getting all spiritual now. As surely as the Lord lives. Yeah. Any man who would do such a thing deserves to die. He must repay four lambs to the poor man for the one he stole and for having no pity. Then Nathan said to David, you are that man. Mm -hmm. I use the NLT version instead of NIV because NIV is like some other versions. It says, you're the man. I didn't want it to sound like Ebonics. <laughs> so I got this version. It says, you are that man, the one that did that bad thing. See, mm -hmm. the Lord, the God of Israel says, I anointed you king of Israel and saved you from the power of Saul. I gave you your master's house and his wives and the kingdom's of uh, Israel and Judah. And if that had not been enough, I would have given you much, much more. Why then have you despised the word of the Lord and done this horrible deed? For you have murdered Uriah the Hittite with the sword of the Ammonites and stolen his wife. From this time on, your family will live by the sword because you have despised me by taking Uri Uriah's wife to be your own. I don't care how religious David was trying to sound. Look at that. The word came to him and said, You have what? Despised me. My God. This is what the Lord says. Because of what you have done, I will cause your own household to rebel against you. I will give your wives to another man before your very eyes. And he will go to bed with them in public view. You did it secretly, but I will make this happen to you openly in the sight of all Israel. You try to hide, see that, and your sins will what find you out, my God. Then David confessed to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, yes, but the Lord has forgiven you, and you won't die for this sin. Nevertheless, because you have shown utter contempt, for the word of the Lord, by doing this, your child will die. My God. You see, we get forgiven for sins, but that doesn't mean the whipping will go away. That's right. The whipping will come some kind of way. And it will happen to you because it could happen to somebody that's associated with you, that's tied to you. You have great expectations of the next generation going forward, but then it's snatched away because of sin. Now this sermon leads us to the culmination of thought about how the church must have divine sense and sensitivity to be effective in all of its evangelistic endeavors. We're supposed to be what? Salt and light. Salt and light have an evangelistic duty. Are we shining for the Lord? Do we taste like heaven? Amen? Are people saying, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good? Or are they in a competition of shooting a bird with you back as you have done to them, especially on the vehement uh, roads of anger out there. I've seen many a saint, I knew it because they bumper sticker said so, they are out there throwing a the bird at folk. My God. But God is making it clear that we must be holy because what? He is holy. To please Him by obeying this command will often call for some inconvenient confrontations in your life. When that happens, you cannot be afraid to keep your fellowship with God in the midst of such adversity. If you want to be holy as God is holy, 
you must commit yourself to staying in fellowship with him. Don't say you're in fellowship and then walk in darkness. The Bible said you're a liar and you're not doing the truth. So to do that, you must prioritize having a lifestyle and character that serves as the incense of heaven. Think of the Old Testament. They had the incense burning in the tabernacle, right? That was showing a picture of prayers going up to God. And the priest had to keep the incense going. When one burned out, they were ready with the next one. So the prayers keep going. And what is that saying in the New Testament? Pray what? Without ceasing. Amen. And we've been having these sermons in the last few weeks about God keeping us connected and us uh, deciding to stay connected to God. It's like in a hospital with that IV. When it's not in there, you're not getting what you need, right? We got to stay connected. It's like the electrical plug. Stay plugged in. That's what uh, I know you means. When God says I know you, that means you're plugged in. Either plugged in or you're not. Enter down to the joy of the Lord, thy good and faithful servant. Well done. Or some are going to hear this. Depart from me. I what? know you not. In other words, I'm not plugged in in a right relationship with you and you're not with me. That's what that means. So God is expecting for us to prioritize his protocol of what holiness is, what that lifestyle and character entails. Uh, if you're doing it right, you're going to have that aroma, the incense of heaven flowing out of your life. And if there's a little leaven, the whole thing's going to stink, right? You let one little germ come in, what's going to happen? Multiplicity is going to happen. And then all kind of funk is going to come out of that thing. Amen. You don't want to eat that cake. It was way in the back of the refrigerator. You forgot it was back there. But now it has a green afro. You don't want that cake. No, no, no. That's what sin will do to your life. It'll cause some funkiness to start developing. And folks will get a whiff of it eventually. Oh, it'll be a sweet smell, then a whiff of funk. My God, what's going on? What's going on? But God wants us to prioritize holiness so that won't happen. Even though the world is full of failing experiences that hinder this preferred condition, the Holy Spirit will supply the strength we need when it is time to have courage to restore and maintain God's aroma. Amen. That's what we want to talk about today. Courage to restore and maintain God's aroma. Three main points, three key points are these. Number one, self-centered obsession in the scripture we saw caused a deadly apathetic agenda to run its course. Think about it. David was fixated on that honey. The devil even named her Bathsheba so she could take a bath and draw him in. <laughs> so that's just the foolishness of preaching right there. But think about it. <laughs> she on a rooftop. Come on, somebody. And you know you are in within eyeshot of the king. If he's looking down from his high point on his castle and can look down on you, you know good and well he can see you. There's something funky about her story. There's always two stories. His story, her story, and the truth is somewhere in the middle. Amen. Thank God. But when you're self-centered and have an obsession, it'll cause a deadly apathetic agenda to run its course. When sin is finished, it brings forth death. Yes. See, that's just the first key point from the scripture. Number two, quickening the deeds of the flesh led David to ruin. Mm -hmm. There were ripples of repercussion caused by a bomb of selfishness. It hurt the offender. And not only that, it hurt, that hurt found its way to all of his associates. So think about it. If you let sin come in your life and fester and grow, it's going to bring forth death. And now you're going to have a death touch. Whoever you're associated with could be affected by your death touch. My God. That's second. Number three, the righteous and eternal character of God's name and reputation cannot be tarnished. But if we submit and commit to such actions, of sinfulness as found in this scripture our name and reputation will be tarnished not God's but ours right. will be amen uh -huh. I used to work at a job and that's back when uh, I was working for a bank called National Westminster Bank I used to be a teller 
and then I got switched into working in the credit card section. Amen. And I would call people up regarding their activity, whether it be good or whether it be bad. Amen. <laughs> and I could tell them, we're we cutting off your card. You may as well just cut it up because that's what I'm about to do. I'm shutting you down. Amen. I had a little power. Yeah, I had a little power. Amen. Thank God. But back then, we were all working in our cubicles, and then the news flash came. Jimmy Swaggart has sinned. You see? And then they knew I was one who witnessed about God in my life. And, uh, they came, oh, they were like cheerleaders of Satan, all happy. Oh, look at that. What do you think about that? Oh, the preacher going all out and doing this and that. Look at that. I said, uh, I don't put my trust, faith and trust in Jimmy Swaggart. I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ's name is still untarnished, even though his is. You follow Jesus, you won't be tarnished. Amen. He will keep you from falling. But you could say, no, Lord. One of the biggest oxymorons that exists. No, Lord. I mean, he is Lord. He, it was he that made you, not you yourself. You're going to spit in the hand that's feeding you. The hand of the, the, the lungs, the eternal lungs that's breathing breath of the, the breath of life into you. You're going to scoff those lungs. Oh, my God. You will be heard, not him. Amen. So we need to watch ourselves because the righteous and eternal character of God will not be tarnished. This is supported by 2 Samuel 12, 14, which notes as indicated in the New Living Translation. Since... You have given the enemies of the Lord great opportunity to despise and blaspheme him. In other words, more excuses. They're going to have more excuses, more reasonings and justifications for staying in sin. Your child will die. See that? As noted in verse 10, we find that the sword shall not depart from thine house because thou hast despised me, God said. Yeah. Sinful thoughts, attitudes, Words and actions must be eradicated or they will be perpetuated. Amen. You got to stop sin in its tracks because it's trying to finish until death comes. You got to nip that thing in the book. I look around my yard and I try to find little weeds because the little babies, if you ignore them, are you too tired? You're going to procrastinate, let that thing grow. It's going to have a little buddy next to it soon. And that little buddy's going to make another little buddy come. And it's going to be a whole forest of little weeds. And then they're going to get big all of a sudden. Bigger than the plants that you want. You got to nip them little things in the bud. When they are buds, they're easy to pull up. Just pull them all, pluck them, pluck, pluck, pluck. But when they are grown, they have deep roots. Deeper than your plants that you want. You're trying to pull it and you're ripping the other plant that you want. You got to stop sin before it gets to that. My God. It could be a thought. It could be an attitude de developed from that thought. And then, of course, with thoughts and attitudes, now you're going to have words soon. It's going to come out of you. That which is in you, it comes out. And then, not just words, but actions. Because you made a plan in your mind and saw to it that it'll be birthed. But that's a death trap. Sin is bringing forth death. And we don't want any parts of it. That's what the scripture is showing us. Those three main points. My God. Now let's look at a comparison of the two main characters. Nathan and King David. There are other characters, but these are the agents of change. David brought in as an agent of evil, evil things. Nathan was the messenger of God, and he brought forth the holy things. Let's look at Nathan first. Nathan practiced good courage. Somebody say good courage. Good courage. Amen. But uh, uh, that's Nathan. King David practiced evil courage. I don't want y'all to say that. Amen. <laughs> but look at Nathan, the prophet. He practiced good courage through obedience to God's grand strategy. Uh, it enabled him to speak the truth with hate or love. Which one? Love. With love. Amen. Because God had David's best interest at heart. Amen. Thank God. He didn't come to say, I'm going to shoot him down and disparage him and 
diss him so badly, he's not going to be able to get up. He's going to say, I've fallen and can't get up. That's not God's intentions. No. So, Nathan, guess what? He was a friend of the family. Look how God used a friend of the family. They got a prophet as a friend of the family. Probably ate David out of house and home like them prophets do. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But he was a friend of the family that risked tarnishing his long-standing relationship or worse if King David rejected his claim by gaslighting him, amen, to exert harsh kingly power like a narcissistic tyrant. Thank God he didn't do that. He fell down crying. I have sinned, like Jimmy Swaggart. I have sinned. They had it on the front of the magazine. My God. However, God-given wisdom gave Nathan access to be God's prophetic agent of deliverance. So, with that loving message came what? Deliverance. If you could save a sinner from the clutches of death, my God, what wisdom has God given you? Amen. This is what God is calling for us to do, to become agents of deliverance. There's somebody that have a problem with your gifting written all over it. Your gift from God can help pull them out of a lot of shame. Amen. Can pull them from destroying themselves. Pull them up from destroying their family, their marriage. My God. Make them stay in school and graduate. Not give up. My God. Don't take those drugs. You don't need it. You don't need to go with that boy. I don't care how fine he is. No, no, no. You're going to pull them up. Leave that girl alone. You are a little sheep and she's a wolfette. No, leave her alone. You're going to pull somebody up. Thank God. Be, become like Nathan. Amen. He was hot from the Lord and he wasn't a dog. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all will get that later. King David. He practiced, unfortunately, in this case, evil courage. There is a such thing. Remember in Joshua, it said, be of what good courage. My God. But he practiced evil courage as he was succumbed to enticement towards covetousness, which was Satan's seed of discord. The devil sowed that seed. You know, God is always sowing good seeds. And here comes the devil, counter-sowing. I know God said, let there be light. But I'm going to say, let there be darkness. You know, He's just coming on the opposite edge. My God. And then he'll use pretty people, handsome people, with good gifts that God gave them. Because every good gift and every perfect gift comes from the Father of lights, where there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. God gave them the gift. And they got a nerve to stand on stage with their prophetic words. And some of them been in church, so they know the church vernacular. Father God, help us. Oh, help us to render our gifts. Oh, this and that. And they're just going in. And then they clap after they have finished praying. Then they get out there with their panties on and go singing to the people. My God, my God. It's so ridiculous. Because we got to go by not your lip, but your fruit. Amen. You judge the spirit by the fruit it's bad. You, you could sound like you're the real living plant that comes from God, but you might be a plastic flower. Remember what we said the last two weeks, God does not water plastic flowers. Hallelujah, anyhow. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank God. So look at Satan's seed of discord. David ate it up. He let it blossom all in his heart garden. The soil of his soul was conducive for good things. But he let the devil come in and contaminate it. That's why we got to be taught in church. We're all like this. Oh, heart open. Oh, the heart gate. The mind gate open to God. Bless the Lord. Let the Lord in. Then we keep on doing it. When we leave, say amen. Amen. And we leave and we still like this. Oh, open, open. Then other spirits say, oh, I'm going to come on in. Take my seat. Yes, yes. And then they're going to give you alternative thoughts. Alternative uh, actions and words and then the fruit of Satan is going to come out of there and then you're going to graduate from it and then it's going to bring forth some kind of death but amen we got to learn how to amen have the shield of faith cover your head and thoughts with the helmet of what? salvation amen don't just be all loosey goosey down there gird your loins up with truth baby hallelujah anyhow 
The truth is the word of God. And God will show you how to act from head to toe. Between ears and between your legs. God will show you how to act the right way. Hallelujah. Anyhow. I'm not saying nothing these tweens and young teenagers haven't heard in school. Amen. Because they got some well-educated hoochies up in the middle school. My God. My God. My father says, stay away from them kind of girls. Because everybody got the combination to their locker. Oh, hallelujah. Anyhow. That's what my father told me. And keep your extremities in your pocket. Hallelujah. Yes, yes, yes. My father was a hard preacher. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh -huh. But I was walking through the high school and all of them kissing under the stairs. Right. And going in. Just going in. <laughs> oh. And it made me feel queasy. I was like, what? The word? It was like shock and awe. The devil used that vision. Shock and awe. And the devil was like, it looks good. Don't you want to try some of that? If it feels good, why don't you just do it? Yeah, but you can't go by your feelings. Right, Faith right. is not a feeling thing. Right. Christianity is not a feeling thing. Right. Being saved is not about your feelings. Right. Feelings happen because the Holy Ghost come in and you got attachment, all kind of stuff. There's going to be, amen, some disassociation that's going to happen. Separation, kind of anxiety kind of thing going on. And there's going to be some kind of emotional thing that's going to happen. So, amen, and you're sorry for your sins. So much you could cry. Yes, crying goes on in church. My God. Weeping and wailing all over the floor. Especially as the wrong spirit is being expelled. And people are clapping and saying Jesus all around you. And saying purge, purge. As the wrong spirit comes out of you. My God, so God can clean you up. We desire to have you abide in this broken vessel. Help us, Lord, to be safe. So we're in there doing all of that. Amen. But God wants you to amen, have full circle. Don't just amen, cry, and then that's it. Right. Oh, I cried at the altar. I'm saying that, not necessarily. Right. You could be sorry for your sin, right. but did not amen say, Lord, forgive me of that sin. Right. People who say that say, I'm done. And then the Lord said, tut, tut, not really. You got to say, amen, I'm sorry, forsake uh, the sin after that. You got to turn from your wicked ways. I mean, you're forsaking it. Yes. Amen. Yeah. When I quit that little hooch, I mean my little first girlfriend uh, 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 in high school, I had to turn, amen, and not look at her no more. No. My mama could have said I told you so, but she didn't. She tried to warn me. I think I saw her talking with brother, what's his, what's his name, all around the corner. We were all church kids, amen. But she tried to break my heart and tear it apart. Mm -hmm. My God, my God. My, my, my. But thank God I had a good home. I had a good home. Amen. So puppy love didn't succumb me. Right. Amen. I was able to pick myself up, turn around, and place my feet on the solid ground. Right. Amen. I didn't say I was, amen, not thinking about it along the way, but amen. I kept my life clean because God helped me to do it. And then I was able to find my Lisa one day. Thank God. Thank God. And that's about 20 messages. I can't get into the depth of that. But God will keep you from falling. And he wants to do that. But David ate up the evil courage and let it fester and let it become who he was. Instead of being uh, courageous like he was and diligent like he was in physical war, he became a coward and negligent in spiritual warfare. Isn't that something? My God. We cannot be drawn by our own lust and be enticed and accept Satan's underhanded scheme for our life and then become completely compliant to it until the end, which is death. My God. Here are some other modern implications. Like Nathan, we need to have courage to be honest. We need to have courage to confront ourselves and then others in response to heaven's command. We need courage to seek reconciliation. Those three things, and we're all about to be done. Uh -huh. But like Nathan, number one, be honest, since dishonesty breeds distrust and enables dysfunction. Right. It'll come all up in you, then get all up in everybody else around you. Right. The devil's not just interested in only you. He wants your whole family. Right. Yes. Right. 
right. in school. He don't want just you. He wants your whole posse, all the teenagers. That's right. Then you see them all grouped up because teenagers like grouping up. That's why God said put away childish things because you got adults in church with adult peer pressure. They all grouping up too. That's my bishop. No, that's I saw him first. That's my bishop. And they all acting like a little bunch of babies, teenagers running around. That's my covering. No, that's my covering. My God, these people not even covered. How are they going to cover you? How are you going to let a leaky umbrella cover you up? My God, a leaky roof is your shelter. I say, yeah, no. Hallelujah. I got that one from Lisa. Yeah, no. I just feel good. Yeah, no. That's nice. You know. Thank you, Lisa. I'm going to use that a lot. Thank God. So we got to be honest, y'all. Hallelujah. Number two, Nathan showed us confront. We got to have the courage to confront folk. But don't go confronting folk in the Holy Ghost yet. Confront yourself in the Holy Ghost. You got to go through three people. You, yourself, and I. Them three. Because I, I looked at myself with Jesus' eyes. I said, me, myself, and I, we don't get along. Because my same self way down there, we be putting tape on his mouth, putting him in the corner, on time out, in the closet, lock the key, and throw it away. And then here comes the, it ain't sinful flesh. Oh, he's familiar with sin, you know. So uh, then he get help from the secular world. The devil's trinity. My God. And then uh, we're not listening to what the Holy Ghost said. But God said, walk in the spirit and do not give into the lust of the flesh. We see flesh every day. It's all on Twitter. All of those media things. Yeah, Facebook. What's some other ones? Instagram. Instagram. Snapchat. TikTok. All of them. See, one time I seen a little girl in there. She said, oh, I'm going to show y'all a new thing. I said, oh, no, you're not. Oh, my God. Whoa, I think I taught that girl back in. Oh, my God. I want to see the girls. Boop, boop, boop. And Twitter became X, which is really triple X. So I, I, I closed my account. Because they were suggesting videos. One, they had, like, uh, uh, David and Bathsheba up there, if you know what I mean. I said, nah. X, X, I'm Xing you out. Lord, Jesus, I don't want to see that. I'm not saying my biology wasn't tickled, because biology just biology. Oh, what was that? Oh, no, I don't need to look at that. Oh, focus. Close it. I got a man. I can talk men's talk now. Oh, you a son, because you, no, you better be glad I want to look at that. I want to look at something else that looked like me. Thank you, Jesus. But I still got to be saved. I got to drink water from my own cistern. Said in Song of Solomon. Hallelujah. Anyhow. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so I have to confront myself before I witness to somebody. Me, myself, and I got to deal with all my stuff. My little weaknesses, my little proclivities. Stuff I haven't given over to God yet. Stuff you don't tell the saints. Hallelujah. We all testify. We ain't say that other thing. It's way back there. Shh, can't talk about that. Shh. I say, shh. Put the smile on. Hallelujah. Praise God. God is good. Yeah, all the time. All the time. God, I'm getting sick of that, man. I know he's good, but no. Y'all don't even mean it. Don't even mean it. Like people say, hey, how you doing? You don't mean that. Because I'm going to try to tell you how I'm doing. And you ready to go looking at your watch and stuff. You didn't mean it. Don't say it. Thank God. God's getting tired of these empty hellos and stuff. We even do it to him. Our father without him. God said, I ain't your father. Your bills and everything else is your father. I'm not. If I was your father, see, you would have given up all that stuff. And went cold turkey and come on in. Hallelujah. Confront yourself. You got to have, amen, self 101. Get that degree. I got a BA in self 101. Finally. God said, touch that. No, you got to eat your masses. Sit back down. Amen. God had to help me get a double doctorate in myself before I could talk to somebody else. Thank you, Lord. Then I could, amen, turn and help a sinner out of the error of their way. Save him or her from death. You know, some developments may seem innocent at first in your life and in other people's lives, but can have deadly outcomes. God knows this. The first sinner to speak to is our own self. We need to agree with the Holy Ghost 
and make eternal changes for the better. And sorry, saved people, I got to talk about this a little bit. Amen. Y'all going to be preaching on me. Well, the Holy Ghost is. Now, we, we, we could dance, we could sing, we could quote scripture, we could do all this stuff. Oh, prophesy and prophesy. But we need to start prophesying to our plates. Uh-uh. <laughs> I'm sorry, but there's a lot of overweight folk in church. Yeah. Think about in it. Church. Think about it. Yes. God needs us to get to our what? Ideal weight. And God needs us to prophesy to ourselves. Yes. You know, good and well, like a man don't need to be looking at that girl's hip too long. You don't need to be looking at that cake for too long. Put them cupcakes down. Little Debbie gonna make you big Brenda in a minute. Just stop it. Hallelujah. Anyhow. We got to be saved in our cupboard. Saved in the fridge. Saved at the restaurant. Ordering all that stuff. Your thumb is sore. Uber and all that stuff. Stop it. They're going to change it. Now, Pizza Hut, Barbara Hut, it's your name. Thank you, Jesus. Sorry, Barbara, if you listening to the podcast. I, didn't, I wasn't talking about you. Amen. But the Holy Ghost needs to come in every part of our life. Not just this little part. I did better than most folk. Oh, you just messed up because you're doing it for show. Oops. But we got parts that we do good. Chapters 1 through 5, skip 6. Now, I messed up. Seven. Woo, I'm real good. Let's stay on seven a while, teacher. I want to show off on that. No, teacher's like, go back to six. Oh, come on, man. Oh, man. No, 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 no. Let's park our car right at six. That's what the Holy Ghost do to me. I'll be shouting on some scriptures and some. No, that's not. That's, ooh, that tastes bad. Jesus said, turn back to that scripture. Sir. Yes, sir. He said, drop attitude. Yes, sir. So. And he made me park my Winnebago, my RV. Right there, right there, till I get it right. Yes, Lord. Till I say, this is none other than the house of God, is the gate of heaven. This is your temple, Holy Ghost. What amenities do you want in your temple? Hallelujah. Amen. Stop feeding our own selves and let the Holy Ghost have some time. Thank God. Thank God. See, we got to take care of ourselves better in the Holy Ghost. Yes. Then He's going to help us to help somebody else. Yes. Thank God. God's going to get us in shape mentally. God's going to get us in shape physically. Amen. Spiritually. Sociologically. Financially. Amen. He's going to bless us. Then we won't procrastinate. We'll get things done. When we're supposed to get it done, God is going to move. Hallelujah. I will walk and not be weary. I will run and not fail. I will, amen, run through truth. I will leap over walls. God, help me in Jesus' holy name. Oh, I praise you. Oh, ho, ho. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. We need to agree with the Holy Ghost and make eternal changes. What? For the better. Don't forget number three. Seek reconciliation. God wants to make friends with us again. That's why he sent Jesus. He's the bridge that leads back to God. See, as only a true loving disciple of Christ can, we are going to help folk to be reconciled. But first, let yourself be reconciled. Yes. Yes. Then you can help others. Yes. You can't preach upon something that you're not even doing yourself. Right. Right. I get tired of people saying, practice what you preach. You ain't saying much. Because folks could, amen, be a false teacher and right. practice that. Right. Amen. Right. Got a lot of false teaching going around these days. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. The Holy Ghost flipped it. He said, preach what you practice. I said, oops. Right. Right. Ooh. Right. He said, what you really practice. Right. What folks don't see. Is your accountability holy? Yes. How you act a thousand miles away from everybody. Right. Amen. That's your real self. Right. Oh, hallelujah. I said, Lord, I want to be holy. These last two weeks, God was pulling me in. Amen. Making sure every part got a, a touch of the hot iron from God. So iron the wrinkles out, Jesus. Oh, and the tide and the all detergent from heaven. His blood came and saw some spots. That I miss. And yeah. I said, Lord, little things going to get big in a minute. Help them little things. Get them out of me. Take those things out of me. Help me be delivered from those little things. In Jesus' name. That's what we need. We got to get reconciled to God. Then we can help somebody else get reconciled back to God. As only a true loving disciple of Christ can. 
Jesus is the greatest reconciler of our souls. And he's showing us how to do it. He uh, amen, had to forego his acclaim and glory and make himself lower than the angels and be born in, in uh, the flesh of men. But not with the blood of men. The flesh of men. The Holy Ghost did what he had to do to make that womb do what it needed to do so Jesus could be born in it. He sanctified that womb, amen? And not a man's blood got on him, amen? Oh, but the blood of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I want the blood of Jesus. It's a holy blood. It's a holy bloodline. You look at the bloodline in the Bible, my God. Adam and Eve, they had some kids, amen? Some of them bad, some of them worse. Some of them, well, a few of them, good, Amen? And I thank God for Abel. Through Abel, we had all other people down the line. Amen? Yes. And some folk, God saved, that were uh, idolaters like that, like Ruth. Uh, she was worshiping Chemosh, killing babies and whatnot. Right. They were like, oh, the little baby in the diaper. Oh, give me the baby. I want to kill it and put it in the idol fire. My God. That's, that's the kind of person she was. God saved her. My God. Right. God saved Rahab. She used to be a liar and a hoe. But God saved her. Yes. Oh, he saved the mind. You're not going to lie no more. Right, right. Oh, you're going to be saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. And your body is a temple of the Lord, not of every man. Hallelujah. Anyhow, thank God only one man should know the combination to your lock, and his name is Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And he's the one to help you find your other that you ought to have. Amen. God put me and Lisa together. It wasn't some kind of playboy know-how. I was never good at that anyway. Couldn't buy a date. Thank you, Lord. Ah, a little geeky boy. Yes, yes. But I thank God. Hallelujah. She didn't mind me opening the door. No. Didn't make fun of me when I did. Nuh-uh. Didn't make fun of the flowers and chocolates and things I bought her. Yes. Didn't make fun of me being a gentleman. Yes, God. Didn't call me a little geeky wonder. Uh, uh. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Didn't call me wet behind the ears. Oh, I didn't try to tempt me into some bed because her dad wasn't home. No, My God, no. she wasn't a Proverbs 5 woman. No, Hallelujah. No, no, but a holy woman. No. I wanted to be holy. Yeah. Even though the baby said I had other plans because the devil used her to try to get my mind on the wrong thing. Yes, My God, but even though you could be mishandled by folk because the devil in them, don't mean that's how God going to define you. When I was birthed, God defined me as a man of God. My saved auntie said, there's a man of God in your womb. I told my mother that. Hallelujah, God. Look at me now. Hallelujah. Preaching the word of God. I'm not saying that I'm tempted on every point as ye are, but I am. But I learned how to say no to this and no to that. And yes to the Lord. How to come back like King David did. Oh, create me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. So I can do right. Think right. Right, be right, oh not just act, but be right yes. in the name of Jesus. Somebody give God a praise. Oh, hallelujah! Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, I put a disclaimer the Holy Ghost made me go PG 13 on a lot of these parts, but I hope y'all are all right. But look, the culture's worse because sometimes I bring forth stuff because it's in the house. Yes. I'm not saying hoes came in the room. I'm saying the spirit of whoredom came in the room. He could follow you in. You watch something on TV and he thought you were in fellowship with it. So he followed you in. I'm going to keep working on you till you become a whore. That's what I'm going to do. Just keep feeding your mind with stuff. And loose out of here. We got my wife and I, amen. The Holy Ghost got us on a new trend. We got to start, amen, consecrating what we're looking at, <laughs> what we're listening to. <laughs> There's some pretty good shows, but some of them, amen, they throw a little filth in. Well, just a little bit of filth ain't going to hurt, but it's a filthy show if it's a little bit of filth, amen? We got to clean it up. Oh, hallelujah. And when I was first saved with the Holy Ghost power, I could feel the Holy Ghost turning my head from certain things I was looking at. I could feel him doing it. God said, you forgot. I used to turn your head. You need to go back to the sense and sensibility of glory. Stop ignoring me and let the Holy Ghost have his way. He'll lead you into paths that are righteous. He'll lead you beside the green pastures and the still waters. He will restore your soul. Hallelujah. 
will. Yes, he will. Thank you, Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. Take these thoughts home. Remember to be holy as what? As God is holy. Stop listening to these social gurus. I mean these faulty pastors that are out there. Amen. Be holy as what? God is holy. You must commit yourself to staying in fellowship with God. Jesus will be there for us when we are willing to submit to him. He's always around. But amen, he don't pick everybody up and turn them around and place their feet on solid ground because they don't want him to do that. See, if you cannot be honest with your own self, how can you serve righteously and spiritually as God's reconciliation agent? You won't be able to. You won't be enabled by his spirit to do so. Before you commit to a thorough examination of others, because we get doctorate degrees in examining others. Right. You should first, what? You should first examine yourself. Take that test, because many of us certainly have flunked it. Amen? Amen? And need that short yellow bus to keep picking you up until you pass that test. Amen? Thank God. Don't look at me till you pass that test. Thank God. And I thank God he's a standardized test person. Uh, but he's also an individualized test person. There's a holy standard for everybody, but he helps everybody individually as they severally need help. Amen. Thank God for that. So when it comes to restoring and maintaining fellowship, uh, are you courageous like Nathan or cowardly as David was in that bad moment? Have you faced the truth about yourself or are you in denial like many people do? They walk around with this denial. The Holy Ghost is telling you, like, that ain't me, that ain't me. My God. And we continuously gaslight the Holy Ghost. How dare we? Isn't that something? And I'm going to work on another sermon. We be ghosting the Holy Ghost. Amen? My God. The Holy Ghost said, you don't ghost me, I'm the ghost. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to help you get away from sin. Why don't you ghost sin? Hallelujah. See, when it comes to others... You may not be afraid to speak up like Nathan, perhaps, but do you speak erroneously or maybe in the wrong timing sometimes when you speak to others? Are, are you more prone to verbally responding uh, in a thoughtful way as led by the Holy Spirit, or do you just quickly react haphazardly as led by sinful inclinations that we are born with? My God. Fleshly-based communications can act as bullets from hell. Killing instead of keeping fellowship. When it comes to Satan's victimization, you may have never had to face the temptations that King David had to face. You may uh, not have been personally tempted to be covetous in the same manner as King David. But are you tempted in other ways? The Holy Ghost is making you think about it. Shine a light from heaven, Lord, on my soul. If you find anything that shouldn't be, take it out. Strengthen me. I want to be right. I want, want to be saved. I want to be made whole. Because when you are made whole, then you can be holy. Amen? Perhaps you are more concerned about acquiring something, maybe like a status, like so many people in church today, or a condition that God did not give you, nor intends for you to have. We seek after things like Jesus is a genie in the bottle. Right. Oh, give me what I need, Jesus. Right. Oh, do it now, Lord. Stop right. telling the Lord to do. Prayers for you to not change God's mind. It's for God's will to change yours. Amen. Right. Right. You get in line with God, not God get in line with you. Right. We got it wrong. It was he that made us, right. not we ourselves. Right. Enter to his gates. With thanksgiving and attitude of gratitude and in, into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and want bless his name. Bless his name means serve his name, serve his auspices, serve his will. That's what it means. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Sometimes we see things we want. We want to name it, claim it, blab it, and grab it. But don't name it unless God said name it. Don't blab it unless God said blab it. Don't grab it unless the Holy Ghost said grab it. Amen. Thank God. We could see something and it could develop a covetous love in our spirit. It becomes an idol. More than we love and appreciate God for what he has given for us. My God, perhaps uh, maybe some of us have even passively 
uh, led others astray without even knowing it, sometimes by knowing it, uh, especially our own kids and the next generations, to be covetous uh, in this manner, like King David apparently did. Look, his kids didn't have a good example when he did all of that. And look what happened. One of his sons raped the other half-sister. My God, all kind of crazy things. One of the sons want to take his throne and threatening him, about to kill his own father. My God. See, the character of our children tends to be molded more by what is actively caught than what is verbally taught. Right. Remember right. that. Yeah. Thank God as we are about to pray. Spirit of God, I pray you now connect us all to each other in this worship and connect us with the Holy Spirit who is going to connect us to God the Father by Jesus' breath of life. The Holy Spirit power now. All in and through here. We want it to not just be in and through here. We want it to be in us. Make room. God has spiritual physics. Two things don't need to occupy the same spot. God needs to clean us up. Yes, God. Empty me, Lord. Then fill me with what I need to be filled with. Hallelujah. Father God, we need the, the continued guidance from you to be restored and uh, enabled by the Spirit to maintain Christian characteristics, which will enable us to have the sweet-smelling savor of God as we promote Spirit-led initiatives. Help us, O oh God, to continuously submit to divine timing and substance, and also help us to become spiritually proactive, intuitively responsive to the needs around us and in us as God would have it based on the protocol of heaven based on God's commands we know you are able Lord make us to have courage now to restore and maintain God's aroma we know you're able somebody stand on your feet and give God a praise for what he's going to do, what he has done, what he has already done. You want him to do something in your life. You want him to do something in your home. We of the realm of Agape Christian Church pray that the Holy Word of God has richly blessed your soul. To send prayer requests, use the contacts page of our website, www.roagape.com. Org. We need your continued prayers and financial support to maintain this ministry. You can also find a secure means of donating on our website. God bless you.